Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you. It's good to see you uh, communicating, having fun. This is good. It's a great day. Man, can you believe the weather for November? Like, that's something to be excited. Thanks, Chris, for being the only one who's excited about the weather. Seriously, this is great. The weather's awesome. It's like summer again, only to be disappointed in a few days, right? So, uh, hey, we're glad that you're here with us this morning. Uh, welcome to Marysville Church of the Nazarene. If you're watching online, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. We're excited to worship together, uh, sing together, dig into Scripture, and, uh, and just be closer to each other, closer to God, right? Um, do want to mention one thing real quick this morning. Um, we were made aware of a need uh, through the Hope Center. Um, there's kind of been an increase in demand in their food services, and they are uh, they are in need of some some different items for their uh, for their food services. And so we actually just shared that to uh, our Facebook page, Marysville Nazarene. Uh, you can check out; they've got a list of things that they need there, uh, and then it's also on the Hope Center's uh, page as well. And so we just want to, any way that we can, support the Hope Center and the ministries that that they do there. So just want to make you aware of that. We got to stand with us, and we're gonna pray, and then we're going to sing. God, thank you so much for this day. Uh, thank you for a refreshing day outside, a few days outside. That's been been nice to be uh, in the sun, and we thank you for that gift. God, we thank you also for the gift that we have to gather together here as the body of Christ, as friends and family uh, with one common goal, and that is to worship you. And so as we sing, as we pray together, as we read scripture, as, we, as Pastor Paul brings the message, God, we pray that um, your presence would be real to us and that we would respond obediently to what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And a quick word of psalm from David before we sing ourselves. I pr will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Sing with me. Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the ancient of days. From every nation, all of creation, bow before the ancient of days. Every tongue in heaven and earth shall declare your glory. Every knee shall bow at your throne in worship. You'll be exalted, O oh God, and your kingdom shall not pass away, O oh, ancient of days. Sing and honor, glory and power. 
God is in me. I want to remind you, when I bring out this book, is there anybody that doesn't know what this book is? <laughs> Maybe. It's okay. You aren't too afraid to raise your hand. This is called the Book of Common Prayer. And these are meant to read aloud. <laughs> so <laughs> it just crossed my mind because sometimes I can't hear you. <laughs> you know that I want you to pray this with me. I want you to say these words out loud. And as Josh reminded me this morning, sometimes these prayers are hard because sometimes they step on our toes a little <laughs> and that's okay. This is meant to be a unifying thing that just like the songs that we just sing together, that we can pray this together. So will you join me in this prayer? Oh God, whose blessed son was manifested that he, well, this is different. Okay, well, I'm gonna put the book down. Let's redo that. <laughs> oh God, whose blessed son came into the world that he might destroy the works of the devil and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life. Grant that having this hope, we may purify ourselves as he is pure. That when he comes again with power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom, where he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. You guys, can be seated. Well, good morning. I promise um, today I'm not going to sit up here and eat this like Josh did last week with his bologna sandwich. But this month we are talking all about reasons that we have to sing. And I want to make sure we talk about singing is not always a happy thing. Has anybody in here ever watched a musical? Right? There are all sorts of songs woven into those stories. There are songs of excitement and songs of joy and songs of that celebration. But then the best musicals, the ones that really tear at your heartstrings, also have those other songs where you are diving deep into the experience of those characters and the way that they're seeing the world and the way that they are trying to find their way. So when we talk about singing and having a reason to sing, I don't want you to mishear us that we're saying, everything's great, you should be singing, celebration all day long and just ignore everything that's going on around you. But what we're saying and what we believe is that even in the midst of that, there are reasons for us to sing, to share with God what's on our heart. Um, today we're talking about Psalm 23, which is so familiar to all of us, starts out with the Lord is my shepherd. So the, the flip side of that, then if the Lord is my shepherd, then that means that I am his sheep. Now, I grew up in 4-H and I showed goats. And I don't know why there was this weird thing between goat people and sheep people, but sheep get kind of a bad rap. I mean, we get to the fair and we're like, man, these sheep are so noisy. Like, no matter what, all day long, the sheep are just filling the barn. I mean, they're just crying at each other. We joke about how sheep are kind of dumb. I mean, we talk about sheep as being people who just blindly follow. I mean, we would make jokes about how the best thing you could do for your sheep would be to put a goat in there with them because at least then somebody in there has a brain. I mean, we would say all sorts of things. And as I think about that, I'm like, man, why, why do sheep get such a bad rap? Especially since in the Bible so often sheep are used and shown as this object of... Um, God's devotion and his affection. He talks about him being our shepherd. 
meaning that he wants us to be his sheep. So I'm going to give you a few fun facts about sheep. Sheep are wired to flee. I mean, they actually don't have very good eyesight at times, especially when it starts to get dark. So they easily misunderstand what they're seeing, and it terrifies them. And so sheep left to their own devices will literally, they will not eat, they will not rest, they will not do anything. They will just run as a group, terrified from scary thing to scary thing to scary thing. They have a really hard time understanding what they're seeing. Sheep can't eat if they think there's even a chance that something bad's going to happen, if they think there's even a chance that there's a predator. Like, they just cannot eat. And have you guys ever gone without eating and sleeping and thinking about how healthy does that make us? So left to their own devices, sheep, they will just run until they're exhausted. I mean, they make themselves easy prey because they, they don't know how to care for themselves productively. So the beautiful thing is that sheep thrive in a relationship with a caregiver, a shepherd, because they learn from the time that they're born to recognize their shepherd's voice. If you've ever seen a video of a shepherd calling sheep, one of my favorites, there's this whole line of people and they are trying to call these sheep in off the mountain and they're yelling and they're promising them food, they're promising them hay, nothing. The shepherd literally walks up to the gate, says, all right guys, let's go. And the sheep just turn and I mean, they flood towards him because they know that his voice is safety. All those other voices, no, that I'm not interested in that. So sheep are wired to seek safety in a caregiver. They want that shepherd to tell them and to show them when they're safe, when they can lie down, when they can rest. And so as we read through Psalm 23, all of these great things that David is talking about how God is our shepherd and does for us, he's lived this as a shepherd for his sheep. He understands the importance of finding good pasture for his sheep, of making sure that they feel safe even though there are threatening conditions. So as we think about ourselves, as we think about God is our shepherd, we're his sheep. The things that we often see as negatives about sheep, God provides for us even in the midst of those. I don't know about you, but it's easy for me to see a lot of things and start to get afraid, start to run unproductively from thing to thing to thing, trying, trying to feel safe, trying to feel secure. And God says, no, 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 no. I want you to be my sheep. I want you to trust my voice. I want you to trust that even though this does not feel safe, I'm here so you're safe. Eat, rest, live. Don't worry about those other things. That's what I'm here to look out for. So that takes some humility, though. It's hard sometimes to think about that my best life is being this sheep, trusting, following blindly my shepherd's voice. But he doesn't say the Lord is not a shepherd. He is my shepherd. His voice is the voice that speaks peace to me. His voice is the voice that speaks safety and comfort. He doesn't remove the scary situations from my life, but he says, guess what? I'm going to provide for you and you're going to feast in the middle of it. These things around you, not li that's life. Our world is hard. It's broken. It's scary. But in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, when things are closing in around you, I'm walking through it with you. And if that's not a reason for us to sing, 
I don't know what is. So Paul's going to come and talk a little bit more about this, but I just want to leave you with being called a sheep is not a bad thing if you're following the right shepherd. Thank you, Pastor Mara, and uh, thank you for the hand puppet. And I guess I, I got to get better with props because these guys are really raising the bar. You know, COVID-19 has been one of those times where we've had to deal with things more on the telephone. Anybody experienced that, that, you know, the face-to-face meetings and, you know, you get on the telephone and you can play what, what I call the, the telephone relays. You, anybody know what I'm talking about, the telephone relays, where they send you to one department and another department, and you, you don't get the same person, and it goes, can go on forever, it seems, as you try to resolve whatever issue uh, you're, you're dealing with. You, you ever try to talk to the IRS uh, on the telephone? Anybody ever have that pleasant experience? Um, it's, it's never fun. When, when we get on a call like that, we, we, I appreciate it at least. But believe it or not, I'm not real patient in those circumstances. I know you guys are shocked to, to hear that. But, but I appreciate it when I have somebody that will stick with me through that call. And, you know, even if they can't send me the right department, instead of just sending me back to limbo, they send me back uh, to them, and, and they stick with me as I go through the process. And, and, and we, we're all like that. We, we like people to stick with us through the process. We, we like friends that stick with us through the ups and downs. When, when life's good, they stick with you. When life's bad, they're, they're still there. We, we like to have bosses that have our back, that, that when we're doing great, they're on our side, but when we maybe mess up, our boss is still on our side and have our back. We, we want teachers that work through the process with us. We, we want people that stick with us. And today we're going to talk about the God that sticks with us. And, and, and it's a series, the, the ideal of the series is sing, and, and God gives us reason to celebrate. God gives us uh, reason to sing. Um, Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. How often should we rejoice? Always. Okay, you guys are, you guys are quick learners. Good. Um, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you're alive, you're supposed to what? Praise the Lord. Okay, so it's pretty simple. Rejoice always. Not that you're always happy-go-lucky. Praise always because God gives us a reason to sing. And no matter what you're going through today, no matter your thoughts on an election, God still worth. Boy, I mentioned that. That was like a bad thing to do, wasn't it? Can I tell you, I don't care who's in the White House. God's worthy of our praise. And whether you're happy or you're sad because of this election result, it really doesn't matter in regard to whether God's worthy of praise. See, see Jim Carr said, did you vote this year, Jim? When was your first election, 1948 or 1952? Hey, you know, <laughs> uh, I think Jim's first election is probably 1952. Uh, Dwight Eisenhower versus Adelaide Stevenson. Okay, I'll get back off the rabbit trail, sorry. Uh, anybody else easily distracted? <laughs> All right. We're working through the Psalms. And, and in these Psalms... Uh, This is a hymn book in the Bible. In these psalms, 
It gives us reasons to sing, reasons to rejoice. It doesn't give us, you know, we're not going to work through all the reasons. Every time we open God's word, it gives us a reason to celebrate, a reason to sing. But, but we find in these passages a reason to sing, a reason to celebrate. And in these psalms, there is an element where things aren't perfect. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 23, we talk about the valley of the shadow of death. And, and I, I see Billy back there somewhere. Billy lost her brother. You know, when we go through death, it's, it's, it's sad. It's not great. We don't like it. But God still gives us a reason to sing, even in imperfect circumstances. And so this is the shepherd's psalm, and this is David. And I want you to read this with me today, slowly, slowly and prayerfully. Uh, just kind of own this as we go through phrase by phrase. Let's read this together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can all God's people say amen? You know, it's the shepherd's psalm, and that's how we typically refer to it as the shepherd's psalm, but it's much more than the shepherd's psalm. It's God as shepherd, it's God as guide, it's God as host. After all, what farmer lets their animal eat at the table with them? <laughs> and yet this psalm moves from a sheep to someone sitting at the king's table it did remind me of a joke, and I'm always hesitant with the jokes, but, but I'll try this. A guy got, had a car break down, and he ended up at a farmer's house, and they were letting him eat with him, them, and, and sitting at the table was a pig. And, and he said, i, I got to ask you, why is this pig sitting at the table eating with us? And, and the farmer's wife says, oh, this is a special pig. The house caught on fire, and it dragged one of our kids out of the house. My, my husband fell in the field and the pig came from the field and alerted us and we saved my husband's life. No, this is a special pig. And the traveler said, well, why does a pig only have three legs? And they said, oh, a pig this special, you don't eat all at once. <laughs> That's why I don't tell jokes. <laughs> uh, what's David saying? He's saying, I have a reason to sing because God is with me during every period of my life. 
There's times when I'm like a sheep. I don't even know when to lie down. I don't even know what to really be afraid of. I don't even know when to eat. I need protected. There's times when I feel lost. 2020 feels like one of those years. I need someone to guide me, to, 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 to tap me on the shoulder with their rod and their staff and say, hey, you need to, you need to turn this way. You need to, you need to watch. There's an there's a overhang. There's a cliff right there. I need pointed in the right direction. There's times when I need to be accepted, to be embraced as a son or a daughter of the Most High God. You know, I love the story of the prodigal son. You know the story, the prodigal son says, give me my share, and he takes it and spends all the, his money on, on the wildlife and, and finds himself at the end of himself sleeping with the pigs and decides to come home to the father. And while he's coming home, he's rehearsing all the excuses he's going to give to the father, all the apology he's going to give the father. And, and the Bible says when he was a long ways off. The father saw him and ran to him and embraced him. And the son began to give the excuses and the, and the father said, forget, I don't care. Put the ring on his finger, put the robe, we're going to have a big party. And he just embraces this son. There, there's a lot that could have been in that story. You know, there, there could have been, I mean, the father could have been justified and said, okay, well, I'm glad you're back. I love you. You're my son. But we're going to work through this process. I think we got like six months of counseling to go through. And, and then, then, then we're going to get you working. I want to make sure you're, you're clean and sober and everything's good with you. And we're, we're going to work through this process. I'm going to bring you back. But there's a process to it. But the father simply embraces the rejected dejected son. There are times in my life, I don't know about you, but there's times in my life when I feel dejected and rejected. There's times in my life like the prodigal where I feel like a complete failure and a fraud. Anybody with me? When I feel like everything's fallen apart and I'm worth nothing when things are going completely south. Why do we use that phrase? It's warmer in the south, okay? When things are going from bad to worse. And I'm thankful that I have a Heavenly Father that in unexpected times, when I feel like that, He just put His arms around me. Maybe you're in one of those times. Maybe you feel as helpless as a sheep. You don't even know what to be afraid of. I don't know, it kind of feels like that, doesn't it? What should I be most afraid of? Where, where should I turn? I, I don't even know how to care for myself. Maybe you feel lost. Maybe you need the direction 
of a guide. Maybe you feel like no one cares. You need the host. See, that's the movement of the psalm from shepherd to guide to host. Maybe you need the host to embrace you, to anoint your head with oil, to welcome you, to, to fill your cup until it's overflowing. <laughs> That's a good experiment. Next time you have a guest in your home, I want you just to fill their cup and just let it overflow. You know, you know what that represents? Love that is wasted. I'm going to love you so much. I'm going to welcome you so much. I'm going to embrace you so much. I don't care what it costs me. That's what that represents. My cup's overflowing. That Psalm 23, 6 in the message, in the version we read, which I believe was the New American Standard, says, Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And that doesn't really give a good description of Psalm 23, 6. This, this is an aggressive pursuit. As a matter of fact, this word pursue could be translated persecute. Anything about persecute, that's not good. That's like, you know, hounding. Psalm 23, 6, the message writer Eugene Peterson says, your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. You know, God following, God pursuing. We don't usually see it like that, right? You know, I, I know most of the time in my life, I feel like I'm pursuing God. That, that God is the object and, and I am pursuing Him. I'm trying to please Him. I'm heaping praise and affection and worship and reverence on God, and He is the object, and I am pursuing. And David reverses this. And David says, I am the object, and God's love, God is pursuing me. And this is how God is, even to the end. Even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Even when I come to the end, this God is pursuing me. Can we combine this with last week? God knows you and he loves you. Psalm 23. He, he knows you inside and out. He knows every good thing you've done this week. And guess what? He knows every bad thing you've done this week. He knows every good thought you've had this week. He knows every bad thought you've had this week and yet he still is pursuing you and he wants to be with you in every stage of your life you have reason to sing because God is with you not, not passively simply watching um, and just kind of there, not as observer, but leading, feeding, caring, providing, protecting, pursuing.
Can you say that with me? God's pursuing me. God's pursuing me. Do you realize that? That God is after you. <laughs> that sounds bad that when I said it like that. God is pursuing you. I'll show my age. In, in, in the 70s or 80s, I don't even know what decade it was, there was a group called Daniel Amos. Anybody ever hear of Daniel Amos? Oh, boy. And they had a song called Hound of Heaven. And I can remember the line in the song, you can't run from the hound of heaven. And the ideal was God pursues us. I'm going to ask the praise team to come up and we're going to close in the song. And while they're coming up, just a couple of things I want us to see. Several years ago, we were uh, still living on Milliken and, and uh, some little girl came walking down the street. And, and I don't know, the older you get, the harder it is to gauge age. Anybody like that? You know, she could have been 18 years old. I don't know. And, uh, but it just didn't look right. And so I, I called Terry out because I didn't want to be the man pursuing the little girl down the road, right? That doesn't look right. And, uh, and so I called Terry down. And, and so I said, Terry, can you go see what's going on? And and, this, and so Terry chases her down. I mean, literally chased her down this busy two-lane road. And it was a little girl that wanted to go to a birthday party, and her mom told her no, and she decided to go anyway. And she must have been, what, six or seven? And so, so Terry just walked with her. You know, she didn't want to grab her. She, she, we didn't know any of the circumstances. And after Terry was gone about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, here comes that frantic mom running down the street looking for a little girl. And Terry just walked with her. Come to a street that was pretty busy, and, and Terry would do some convincing. He said, hey, instead of crossing the street, why don't we turn right here and just stay in the grass? And she just walked with her, nudging her along, kind of pushing her in the right direction. As I thought about that, and I thought, thought about our God, I think God's a lot like that. That God follows us and nudges us and pulls us and prizes us and moves us in the right direction. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Jesus in the Great Commission. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Life may not be perfect. Amen? Maybe I should say it like this. Life is not perfect, but God is with us. And if God is with us, if God is for us, who can be against us, even in the imperfection? So our response is, I will rest in God. This God that's pursuing, I, that, that's the importance of Sabbath. That's the importance of coming in here. That's the importance of having a routine, even a routine for your school. Amy's kids said since their routines were bad, they didn't have to do school anymore. So I'm just telling you, school is good and routines are good sometimes. 
But in our routines, there has to be times of rest and stop where, where this God who's pursuing is given space to overwhelm and overcome us. I will acknowledge God sustains me. T- to be honest, it's hard to rest in him if you can't acknowledge that he is the one who sustains us. That These t- things work together. And see, that's the importance of Sabbath. In Sabbath, we're saying, listen, it's not based on my strength. It's based on your strength. And I will stop and I will not worship the God of production. I will stop because my, I am sustained by you. I will seek God's direction. I will stop and experience the love of God. I will trust God to the end. We're going to sing a, a beautiful benediction song, and then I've got a, a real short benediction prayer to pray with you. Um, I'm going to invite you to sit or stand or alternate. Uh, is that okay, Amy? As we go through this song, there, there may be times where you want to stand. And I'm gonna, let's bring the lights down, just so people, sometimes you feel more free when, when you're not, you, you feel like, go ahead and bring them all the way down, Samuel. Let's, let's go dark. As we sing this, I invite you, sit, stand. Um, this is from the, the, the Numbers Blessing. And uh, the great song, Scripture just scripture and I just invite you to let these words wash over you and also invite you to sing with us as we uh, we kind of invite God to bless us
able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. God bless folks. You are dismissed.